Hello everyone, we're at Stream Startup Festival and I really hope that the sound will be good because this is the coolest startup event in Finland. Of course, Tribecast couldn't couldn't avoid doing a special episode for Stream. My first guest for today comes from Danske Bank. Let's figure out more about banks. We already talked with Nordia, we already talked with, well, Nordia only actually. We need more guests from banks. Maybe this is how the money comes. Let's figure out. Uh, hello, Robin. First things first. Please tell listeners a few things about yourself. Hey, first, uh, thanks a lot for the invitation. It's uh, really nice to get the chance to to talk here. And uh, yeah, so I'm Robin Kipfer. I'm actually originally from Switzerland. And I came to, to Finland now about two and a half years ago. At first, to study a master's degree at Hanken School of Economics. Mm-hmm in international strategy and sustainability and now I joined uh, Danske Bank. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Uh, what You could just ask me, what what a joke, uh, another Swiss walking in a bank. Why Finland, if I may ask? Why Finland? That's a good question. Uh, actually, I had never put my feet in a in a Nordic countries before coming to Finland. But I think it was it was a really attractive place because Finland is is a quickly moving economy, a lot of innovation, uh, the education is quite famous. Yeah, like the nature is also nice and was looking nice to, to come here and sometimes you just have to take decision and then let's see what happened. Okay, that sounds sounds good, sounds like a good story to start with. But yeah, uh, I know that Danske Bank has a launch at Stream Startup Festival. Um, what is it about? What's your format? Yeah, so um, at Danske Bank, we actually, of course, have the basic banking services that we offer su- to startup, but then we also try to to get uh, as close as possible to, to many startups because uh, the startup scene in, in Finland is something really important. Uh, you may know about Slush and all these festivals and like so many incredible ventures are created in in Finland and stream is also as you correctly said at the beginning it's uh, one of the super nice festival a bit slow, smaller than slush so you get a bit closer to to the people so we have a nice lounge with sofa and you are welcome to come and and sit and have a talk with us and yeah we try to get close to to, to the entrepreneur themselves and to meet them uh, here at at stream and we are also a, a key partner of the of the festival so now i have a few questions first of all if we talk about the interest of danske bank towards startups is it mostly interest towards fintech or are you just interested in supporting small potentially growing companies yeah we we don't focus on any specific sector so we have this growth and impact department at uh, at danske bank and this department is only aiming uh, to support any kind of startup. So it can be fintech or it can be impact uh, startup. It can also be just basic venture with growing potential and uh, good team and good ideas. So we are quite open, actually. And I think that's, uh, that's important. Okay. And when a startup reaches out to you, do they mostly reach for money or do you have some kind of... I don't know, acceleration, support, mentoring, stuff like that. Yeah, so that's actually, uh, in my opinion, something which makes Danske Bank quite unique in the banking because, of course, we offer the traditional banking services, tailor services to, to startup and, and entrepreneurs. But then what is, what is quite unique at Danske Bank is that we have this kind of like 
experts in entrepreneurship and startup. And so if you want to, to discuss with them about like a funding series, A series or whatever, they will know what this is about. So they will know what does like venture capital mean. They will know uh, how to fund a startup. And so we, we provide that kind of uh, advisory expertise to entrepreneur coming to, to us. And I think that that's quite unique at Danske because usually you have these advisor, obviously, but they are not focusing only on startup. And at Danske, we have a few focusing only on, on startup. Then how can a startup reach to you and what are the main criteria when a company, is, a small company is coming? I mean, what, what are the main criteria for you to be interested in them in cooperation? Well, I said it depends... It depends uh, what they want to do with us. So if they ask for a loan or funding or whatever, then we obviously have some criteria that they must fit. Can you open up a bit about that? Quite many small companies are looking for investors. Yeah, well, we we are not like investing in companies, so we provide them with with indirect funding, of course. But uh, then it's just basic analysis about like the team and then the ID and uh, and that kind of stuff. You know, we are still like a bank, so we provide uh, in terms of, of funding and banking services. We just provide the traditional banking services which you will find in any other bank. So on that side, we are not that unique. Okay. Why is Danske Bank interested in Stream Startup Festival? Since you're one of the main partners, I assume you have a huge interest here. Because I, as I said, I think, uh, for example, Slush is a huge startup festival. A lot of international startup coming there, international investor. And maybe Stream is a bit more like local, if I can say it. So it's very Finnish. It's very... It's very local, so it's a lot of uh, of Finnish entrepreneur, Finnish investors, and this is very nice for a bank such as Danske Bank, which want to, to be involved locally and be close to these people here in Finland, to these entrepreneur, to these to these startup. And Stream Festival is an amazing place for us to meet these local partners and not only international one because of course all these international startup coming to slush for example they might be more interested in huge uh, venture capital uh, investors or, or whatever but stream is really kind of like a family you know it's uh, you can just come and sit on the sofa and have a coffee with us and uh, you yeah it's it's very nice to meet people locally in this like kind of chill atmosphere which maybe you don't have in huge festivals. So for that reason, uh, uh, Stream Festival is, is very nice too. All right. Thank you for the kind words towards Stream Startup Festival. I hope you'll get great time and lots of interesting meetings and meaningful encounters today at Danske Bank Lounge. How many of your colleagues are there? Do we have enough people to talk to everybody? Yeah, of course. Uh, we are now three people from Danske Bank at the lounge, and then we also have people from the hub because I guess most of the entrepreneurs listening to this podcast might know about the hub, which is this uh, platform to kind of hire talent for for startups, etc. But not too many people know that it's actually from Danske Bank, and it's it's run by Danske Bank. So we have here Jessica, who is running the hub kind of like for Danske Bank. And she's also here to answer any question related to, to the hub. And then we have also the Hub Invest, which is a platform not matching startups with talent, but matching startup with investors. 
and uh, we have people from these different platforms also here to answer your question and uh, and yeah just to have a, a good discussion so I think we have people from many different backgrounds and many different departments of the bank to to be here and just check uh, just go and check out the the hub we just launched a new platform last week so it's now a brand new platform uh, which is in my opinion, looking really fresh and really nice. So just check it out. So thank you very much, Robin, for this interview. Hopefully, I will see you later today at the after party and at the after after party, <laughs> which we organize um, to celebrate the birthday of P47 co-working space run by Tribe Tampere community. I wish you a nice and productive day and let's continue to the next guest of our podcast. Thank you. Thanks a lot for this great interview and yeah, see you later. And we have one more guest. And what a diverse amount of guests we have. It's like people from all over Europe for now. Maybe we'll get someone outside of the continent. Hello, Andrea. I should confess, I didn't have the time to check where you're from originally, but your name tells me that you're not Finnish. Indeed. Hi. Thanks for inviting and uh, I'm Italian, actually, uh, so still kind of in the continent. <laughs> but yes, I'm, uh, I'm originally Italian, but I spent the last six and a half years in Finland, so quite some time up north. Right. Anything else you would like to tell our listeners about yourself? Well, first of all, I must confess, this is only my second time in Tampere in six and a half years, so that's, uh, that's an interesting experience to come up here, and it's very nice to see all the... All the activities going on around Stream Tampere. Just a bit about myself, then I'm, I'm currently um, working at InVenture, so we are a seed and early stage VC fund. But the background is that when I moved to Finland, I was the first employee of a startup here in, uh, in, uh, in Finland called Investor, so a fintech company uh, focused in the, in the Nordics and, uh, and, and UK. Spent roughly four years there. Uh, it was very, very nice experience to see the company grow. And uh, then I decided to take a new challenge and joined InVenture. As mentioned, InVenture, we are seed and early stage VC. Um, we mostly invest in the Nordics and Baltics and takes a few bets outside the core area in the rest of Europe. We're fairly B2B focused as a fund. We, we started with, you know, proper Finnish deep tech from IoT, new materials, semiconductors and mobility uh, to then focus also on enterprise software as well as digital health and some, some more B2C facing companies. Here in Tampere, in Tampere, actually, we invest in a company called Wirepass, a very interesting uh, connectivity case. Quite a few investments, actually, outside the Helsinki area uh, throughout Finland. So big supporters of how the different ecosystems are developing in Finland. So Helsinki is not the only hub, but more and more hubs like Tampere, Turku, Oulu are actually up and coming, thanks to both the startup initiatives as well as the engineering and uh, tech knowledge pools. Since you work around the Nordic countries, can you specify what differs Finnish startup ecosystem out of those? Or are they like all the same? Well, actually, I think they're very different one another. I have, of course, my own bias because I've seen, I've teen slice the startup ecosystem and I've only seen six and a half years of it. Mm-hmm. But I have to say it's very impressive, first of all, regarding Finland, how much the ecosystem has changed in the last six, seven years. So I remember when I moved to Finland, it was, it was actually very Finnish-focused an international person is uh, like 
you know, someone with not a Finnish background like myself was a bit of an outsider, and I would think yeah, lots of they felt the same for quite a lot, quite, quite a few people. But now it changed, and actually, I have to say that it's it's amazing to see the amount of international people coming into the ecosystem here, and that's a that's a very big strength because it's going to help the startups to become more and more global. And, and the mindset to shift. Uh, when it comes to compare the Finnish ecosystem to the rest of the Nordics, I have to say that overall Finland is performing quite nicely. Uh, although, and sorry for saying these Finns, uh, Sweden is outperforming Finland by great lengths. I have to say that the, 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 the scope and ambition is on a different level there, and there is a lot that still needs to be learned to, to match with the, with, with the Swedish performance. Uh, Denmark, it's actually more or less, from my point of view, a similar level of Finland. Although there are, I have to say, I think Finland is great at making products. Denmark is great at selling products. Uh, Sweden is great at branding products. So if if the countries will work together, it will actually be pretty good. The Baltic's ecosystem is also very exciting. And I have to say, like there are great entrepreneurs, and the entrepreneurial spirit there is, is something which is uh, which I really admire. Norway, as the last country, is still like, a bit behind, but very good things are coming out of there. All right, all right. So we just all can summarize that Sweden is good at bragging. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you doing here at Stream today? I know that you're a speaker, and you have a speaker tag. So what's your presentation will be about? Yes, so this is actually quite exciting because this is the first time I talk about these things outside of our own portfolio. So to give a bit of framework, what I do at InVenture is focusing on value creation. So basically I focus on what happens to the companies after we invest in them. So all the activities that we do with the companies that are aimed at supporting the growth of the company, so to increase the value of the company. So that very much means you're spending time with the companies to understand what their needs are, what they are going to prioritize, and how we can help them to prioritize and support them in the different issues that they have, from setting up the vision and strategy to building up their sales and marketing activities, talent, products, as well as, of course, add-on funding. Uh, so if I have to think of my days, I actually spend, I think at any given time, it's probably time with four or five portfolio companies that have different issues trying to help them to solve the issues by either sparring with them or trying to connect them with people that have worked on similar issues before. So what we're going to do today is open up our own framework on how we work with the portfolio companies and show it to, to, to the workshop participants. So the goal of the workshop is very much understanding what life is after you get a VC funding. I think there is a lot of discussion on how to get VC funding, but no one thinks, okay, okay, I got VC funding, what do I do next? Uh, so that's actually... Sorry to say, it's a little bit like, you know, the marriage thing. It's like, some for some people, especially like females, it's a bit like, I need to, but doesn't really thinking about what happens afterwards. Excellent. Yeah, and yeah it's, it's a really interesting angle, I would say, because I think we do lack this approach, the understanding of what happens after the funding is there. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a really good from the organizers to got you to talk about that. I wanted to ask, when a startup reaches up to you for the funding, what are your criteria? What are your interests? And what is that no-no? What kind of startup you will reject ultimately? Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. So we invest in seed in early stage. I think mm-hmm. for, 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 the, for the target at the event, I'm going to try to focus months or mostly for seed stage startups. Mm-hmm. So I think when it comes to seed stage startups, there's a few different dimensions that we look at. The, the main aspect that you know, makes or breaks a decision is the team. So having a good team, a committed team, someone that you believe in mm-hmm. is actually the cornerstone of any seed investment. Mm-hmm. The reason is that most likely the plan that they have at seed stage, it's, gonna not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so mm-hmm. things happen at it's startup world and then the market changes. And what you're investing in is the team and the big vision. Mm-hmm. But there is no way to know what's going to happen in the next six months. But there is a very high risk at seed stage. So when you make that kind of investment, you want to buy into the market. So actually believing that, okay, there is a market in this space and most of all buy into the team. So a team that you think is going to be able to execute. And then finally, buy into the product. So if it's you know a deep tech case, for example, so a product which is defendable and unique. If it's an execution case, say a platform, in that case, it's more difficult to buy into a unique product. But then again, what you're buying into is a team. So the ability of the team to execute. Mm-hmm. So this supports the idea of the stream organizers of this year to have a separate track for team. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I think VC is people business. And it's all about the people and how they interact together. What are expectations about today? I think that will be my last question. Okay. I think, so first of all, I came yesterday evening as the pre-event in Tampere and it was very exciting. I have to say the, the, the optimism and the, and the vision that is in Tampere is, is, is actually very enduring. And I really like to see the whole plan of you know, the city grow and succeed. I really want to understand a bit more about the local startup ecosystem and what the players are. I think there's going to be, there's quite a lot of tech talent. So very much looking forward to understanding what the entrepreneurial talent is. So meeting people and you know, figuring yeah. out Then I absolutely should invite you to Tribe Fest, which is the birthday party of P47 which we will run today after stream closes its doors. Oh, sounds good. Right. Perfect. Okay, thank you very much Andrea for this interview. I wish you good luck with your workshop today. Hope the participants will be active, not sleepy, dedicated, interested, Hopefully. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I hear the energy from you so you'll wake them up and make them think and talk. I wish you a good and productive day at stream and let's continue further to our meetings. Thanks. And we are still at Stream Startup Festival, and we continue our special episode dedicated to Stream 2019. I think it's still year 2019. I'm not sure. I slept four hours. Anyways, it's Stream. It's Stripecast at Stream. It's going to be a great day, and I have my second guest in our improvised studio. Let's start the way we usually do it at Tribecast. Hello, William. And before we start talking the business stuff, tell me a few things about yourself. Okay, well, first of all, very happy to be here speaking to you and excited to be in, here in Tampere for this uh, like awesome stream festival, what I've seen of it so far. There's some, some really cool startups. So um, my name's William. I am working for Elisa Corporation and I'm in Elisa, the head of startup partnerships. I've actually been working in Elisa for longer than I've been living in Finland. So I started working for Elisa just for a couple of months in, in the UK. So originally from the UK. Mm-hmm. And my background is actually running a couple of startups myself. So for the previous 10 years before I came to Finland, running uh, startups in the food and drink space. So with a frozen yogurt company and also a, a sports drinks company. And, uh, and prior to that, a long time ago, studying physics. 
But um, yeah, my experience with uh, startups really means I think that I, I can understand the euphoria, but also also the pains that startups go through, especially when trying to navigate and, and, um, and working with corporates. So that's my objective in Elisa is that we can make it a, a great place to collaborate with startups, a great partner for collaborating with startups. That sounds like Elisa will fight next year for the most startup-friendly company. I think we, we must do. And uh, to be honest, happy that other corporations are taking doing business with startups so seriously. So if we're not winning, then, then that's okay. It means that people are doing a really great job. And that's the end goal is we want to be a great country, a great place to do business with, with startups. So Elisa, though, we wanna, of course, we want to be number one. Right. Good luck with that. But yeah, since you mentioned it, why too, in your opinion and in your experience, why corporations and big companies are interested in cooperation and supporting startups? Because when I stepped in the startup ecosystem, I'm non-business person, like in my educational background myself. And when I stepped up in the ecosystem, I had this idea that, okay, there are the big giants, you know, and there are the tiny mosquitoes and the giants are, should be irritated by the mosquitoes but it seems not to work this way i think it's a i think it's a good question i think from my perspective that it's it's really important that we don't treat startups as being mosquitoes actually if you look in in recent years if you look at like how startups have evolved nowadays every single year their startups are growing far quicker than they ever used to grow So the number of unicorns that are coming through is increasing every single year. And startups, uh, they're not, they shouldn't be looked at as, as mosquitoes because actually they're making big, big changes to the global economy the, uh, and disrupting major, major industries. It's kind of an obvious example, but um, you just have to look at the retail market in the United States. So there... The likes of Walmart have been the incumbents for decades and decades and decades. And then in a short space of time, uh, Amazon comes along and completely changes how, how people are shopping. And uh, especially where I'm working in Elisa, we don't take it for granted that we're always going to be we're always going to be there, that we can't be disrupted because definitely we can be disrupted. And so we don't see it as an option. We see it as actually vital to our future that we do business business with startups that these startups that are completely changing like consumer experiences and changing technology that we are aren't ignorant to it that we're part of it we're helping it um evolve and we're um we're changing changing with the world and changing with startups what would be an interesting startup for elisa to cooperate let's say there is a, a startup or a small company reaching out to you what are your criteria Who do you say yes to or who are like, no, no? We're not okay, interested. okay. So right now, a uh, huge interest for us is, is 5G. So um, actually, we are uh, only one of a handful of, Finland is one of a handful of countries that is, uh, that is uh, rolling out, already rolling out commercial 5G. And even one of the leader in the Nordics. And mm-hmm. um, so for us, while we're rolling out and investing heavily, um, we want to find and, and bringing consumers and customers uh, 10 times greater speed than, than they have enjoyed before. We want to find those crazy, awesome new services 
that are going to be using massive amounts of data in the future. Mm. So when we saw the transition from 3G to 4G, it was an incremental increase in speed, but it meant that people started using video far more often and streaming video. So the likes of YouTube and Netflix now are the main uses of, of 4G. And then we, we predict that the, the, there will be some massive shift in the way we are, are consuming in the future from 4G to 5G. We don't un- quite understand what that is yet, but, um, but we're looking for, for startups to create experimentations what could be new 5G services. You heard the challenge, just start thinking. Is it your first time at Stream Startup Festival? Yes. Right. Uh, what are your experience? How was your morning for now? Well, um, I think the when I'm always coming to these these festivals, for me the most important thing is networking with startups. So, booking the meetings and got a got a, a lot of meetings uh, booked for this afternoon, and the at least the the welcoming speeches uh, were were really very interesting, especially from um, Catapult. I think. One of the, the, the guys speaking from Catapult had some really interesting perspectives about how, how corporates should be doing business with startups. But overall, seems to be lots of energy, good vibe about the place, and just excited now to have the meetings, meetings with startups and check out if we can do some business. All right. Why is Elisa interested in a Stream Startup Festival? I mean, there are four major events in Finland. Mm-hmm. Why are you here? We are here because, like I said before, like we um, are really committed to doing business with startups. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention before, but actually uh, we've been doing it for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a very clear approach. We want to mm-hmm. be either an early stage customer or, or a sales channel for startups. Mm-hmm. So we want to provide a route for growth that we can utilize our, our customer base and, and, and try to be their customer. And nowadays we have over 130 Uh, partnerships, partnerships mm-hmm. and Elisa, Elisa. And we, to, um, uh, to be working with the, the cutting edge technologies, we need to stay embedded in, in the communities mm-hmm. and coming here to network with startups to find out like what, are the, what is brand new, what is, what is the crazy thing that's, that, that's starting now and always trying to just be at the cutting edge of the knowledge what is happening in the startup scene. That's why we're here. We're here to network, to, to, to meet startups and see if we can, again, like just see if we can do that business. Then I can only wish you a productive day today and to meet lots of interesting startups and to make some meaningful encounters and cool connections. And of course, see you at the after party and at the after after party, which oh, yes. is our official birthday. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was an after-after party. When, but, you, uh, when you said about frozen yogurt, I was like, okay, at the after-after party, we'll have a sauna. That makes my heart warm. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> That's uh, one of the things I love about Finland is the, the sauna and the, the nature and swimming in the lakes. So. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was a sauna. That's going to be fun. I cannot provide you swimming in the lake because P47 co-working space where we have the after-after party, also known as... Tribe Fest. It's a bit in the city center, so the nearest lake is some two kilometers okay, away. Okay. But we do have a shower. But this one is all right. This one is all right. Yeah. yeah. Good. Right. Thank you very much, William, for this interview. That was fun. See you around, and I wish you a productive day. Oh, thank you. And you too. Bye. It's kind of funny thing. Today I have all my guests who work in Finland. 
but they all come from different countries. <laughs> and all of those countries are in Europe. So let's explore the European map, map even further. Hello, David. And first things first, tell our listeners a few things about yourself. Hi, I'm David. I'm originally from Germany, Bavaria, to be more precise. And um, I'm working for the German Finnish Chamber of Commerce. It's based in Helsinki. And I have been living in Finland for, for almost four, four years now. Okay. I guess you enjoy it here. Yeah, pretty pretty nice, especially in the summer. But I also also like the winter quite a lot. So so I don't have a problem with cold weather and darkness. So what exactly is German Finnish Chamber of Commerce doing? And since the core idea of Tribecast is talking about startup life, what kind of cooperation can be between the chamber and a startup? Yeah, definitely. So um, the German Finnish Chamber of Commerce basically um, we are based um, Germany from Germany. So basically how you can imagine is that um, more or less every every foreign country has a foreign chamber of commerce. So we have the German Finnish chamber of commerce, we have the German Swedish, we have the German Danish and so on. So mm-hmm. our our kind of mission is um, in the German Finnish chamber of commerce to to support like German companies coming to Finland or Finnish companies coming to Germany. So If you think about startups, like I personally work a lot with startups there. Traditionally, it's more the small, medium-sized companies. That, but here in Finland, we have a lot of startups, so we also have a lot of activities and things we do for the startups here. It's been like almost half of the day at Stream Startup Festival. What is your feedback for the beginning of the day? How was it for you? I mean, it's great. Like we we came here, and um, it's really nice, like well organized. I really I le- really like the vibe and the atmosphere. We had the workshop. Um, we were holding a workshop on how to enter the German market. So that was basically my first half of the day. Like having good discussions also in the workshop. Hopefully, some people got some information that helped them startups from Finland here to go to German market. Right. In your experience, I wouldn't say your opinion because you definitely have an experience <laughs> in that. What is the biggest difference between Finnish and German market? Poo, I don't maybe, maybe market is a bit, not really my thing, let's say uh, between Finnish and German startup ecosystem or business ecosystem. Yeah, well... I'm not sure if it's the biggest kind of thing, but one big thing, of course, is that in Germany, the German market itself is so huge that the kind of whole ecosystem is more and more fragmented. So I wouldn't wouldn't talk about the German startup ecosystem, but we can talk, for example, about the Berlin startup ecosystem or the Munich startup ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So I feel like here in Finland, it's more still like different countries like um, Turku, Tampere, Helsinki are much more connected when it comes to the ecosystem and have much more cooperation. So in Germany you really have to kind of focus or think a bit like where in which kind of ecosystem would you actually go first or start developing a business. All right. What is your target area for Finnish startups? Like where do you take them when they come to you and say like, hey, I want to go into German market, which region are? I mean, well, that that can't be answered like this. Of course, we always need to kind of think about what startup is it. So Like how we overall do it, like we first think about like um, what is your market there like and analyze like really like what's the best place to be for the startup. So I I can't say that Berlin is the the place to be for all startups from Mm -hmm. Finland, even though 
some people might think that if we talk about um, startups in Germany, we st talk only about Berlin. But we also really think about other like areas. And for example, let's if we think about the South, um, Bavaria and Baden-Württemberg, they are pretty strong if you think about healthcare manufacturing with a lot of big corporates. So that might also play, play, be a good place to start for a startup on, on that field. Does it actually work this way that a startup can just send you an email and say, hey, I'm a Finnish startup? I want to grow out and I want to go to Germany. Yeah, exactly. That's how it would all start. And uh, we have um, different kind of services we can offer with diff different kind of activities. We have also German-Finnish uh, member network that a startup can join, mm -hmm. um, where we get a lot of networking events here in Finland and also a lot of peer support. So, of course, the um, best way would be to meet and reach out and then let's see how to get further from there. Do you also somehow search for the coming startups? Or are you just waiting for them to reach out to you? Well, I think we are pretty active in the, in the startup ecosystem in that sense. So I think this this year I have been, at least in Finland, to Polar Bear in Olo. I have been Shift, Arctic 15, now Stream, Slush, of course. And also the other way around, like I have been just coming from Munich from an eight or nine day tour trip um, where we have been visiting bits and pretzels where actually i don't know if you know but barack obama was speaking there it's like five thousand people so pretty huge founder festival in the south um, of germany right impressive and now you're in finland in stream which is a cozy event someone told me today that it feels a bit like a family atmosphere <laughs> that's true like how, ma how many people actually do you think are planned to be there to <laughs> Today. I think our best estimation was around five, up to 500, but I should double check with the organizers. Okay, that's cool. That's really cool. What are your expectations for the rest of the day at Stream then? Actually, I will still have a couple of meetings and then unfortunately I have to leave a bit earlier since I have to catch up with some work, but so not being able to join the after party this, this year, but definitely on my list for, for, for the next year. At least it's good to hear that definitely German Finnish Chamber of Commerce is coming to Stream next year. Yeah, definitely. That's my plan, of course. Like We try to connect with the startups, and I think the best way to connect with startups is to be where the startups are, so at the, at the right festivals, at the right events in Finland. And that's kind of how we make the first connections and try to be part of the ecosystem. Is your actual like target audience startups, specifically startups, or more traditional businesses? So if you talk about the German-Finnish Chamber of Commerce, of course, like um, it's more... Like traditionally, it has been the small and medium-sized companies that want to go and expand. But if you talk about my my personal activities and my job, um, my role is more about startups and like innovative companies. So because we know that um, as a startup, you might even need support much earlier than a traditional small and medium-sized company from thinking about the stage and the phase in which we in which the company is. So I'm personally working more or less only with startups. Okay. How do you define a startup then? <laughs> That's a difficult question, I guess, and a lot of like uh, discussions around that you can look up in the internet. I personally think a startup is a company that has the potential and also is willing to grow more than an average company. And um, in my opinion, there's also some, some relation to technology or you know, innovation included in the startup for doing this. Okay. That sounds like a decent explanation for me. Right. Thank you very much for this interview, David. I wish you productive meetings during the rest of your day and, of course, a safe trip back home. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 
actually, I should be already slowly preparing for the TriFest, which is the official side event of Stream Startup Festival and the birthday party of P47 co-working space. But I want to do one more interview because I still haven't had anyone who, who would be marked in stream schedule as a keynote speaker. So I just opened the door <laughs> and told a person, hey, you owe me an interview. And he still wants to talk to me afterwards, which I appreciate very much. Let's just start with the very beginning. Hello, and please tell our listeners a few things about yourself. Well, hello, my name is Yoad Mick. And uh, yes, I, I'm a keynote speaker here in Stream Festival. My keynote was actually about how being human-centric can actually develop... Uh, and benefit your business. And um, my background is actually from many years in advertising and many years in marketing uh, in Israel, and actually grew up in the States as well. Mm -hmm. Moved to Finland about uh, a year and a half ago. And ever since I've been actually uh, opened a new company, it's called The North Mix, mm -hmm. co-founded that. And actually helping companies move from being product-centric to being human-centric. And actually including on top of that, branding efforts and actually creating marketing efforts on top of that. So mm -hmm. it's actually a continuous process that you can't just create one without creating the other. So there's a lot of companies in the, in the Finnish ecosystem are very, very product-driven, which is actually an excellent point because they make really good products. Mm -hmm. but, the, but from that point on, how do you actually communicate this to the world and how do you communicate this not into the world but to the different users in the world and how do you take your target audience and actually really understand their needs and then take that back to the product and understand that if you're servicing those needs. So all this journey that comes out to um, the way that you retention, the way you create the customer experience, and the way you create the customer journey all originates from a human-centric approach, which is actually the way of thinking about the business. So again, we come to the idea that business is human to human. Yes, business is human to human. And there's always that joke that, uh, yeah, we're not selling to aliens. Yeah, we're not. But... The fact that you're not selling to aliens does not make your product human-centric. The fact that humans are end-users and they actually use their people are end-users, that still means that you develop something and you just bring it to the people and you expect them sort of to use it. Because if you developed a good product, then clearly they should see the value in that product and you should use it because you think it's good for them. But today's world doesn't work that way anymore. And the challenges of being product-centric are humongous and they're, they're rising all the time. If it's competition, if it's uh, new tech, if it's new trends, if it's very opinionated customers that want tailored solutions and they want more options and they want to be part of the process as well. And businesses don't really know how to take that and how to attack that uh, in the product sense, in the social media sense, and so on. So this is always something that product-centric companies say, okay, marketing guys will figure it out somehow. Mm -hmm. But then the, when you come back to those marketing guys, they actually have to tell a certain story. And that story still remains a story unless it could follow a journey with the customers all the way back to the product. And the customers hear the story, and they might believe this on a marketing and advertising sense, and then they go back to the product, and, and then they think, is this product really what it was promised to be? Does it really fill my needs? And when they come to that point where it doesn't, then they stay with the product as long as it's comfortable. And when the next one comes along, or a little better one, or a better offer, or slightly better function, then they switch over. There is no loyalty being done there, because there's no trust being built. 
So a lot of times I talk to companies about uh, human-centric approaches and then how empathy has to do with it. And, of course, they think empathy is some psychological mumbo-jumbo that has nothing to do with actual numbers. But it has everything to do with business because you are selling to people and people are emotionally driven. Even if they don't like to admit it, they are emotionally driven. And emotion drives logic. So according to that logic, it would be… According to that, logic is non-existent. <laughs> so it's um, it's really trying to look at the needs of the people or the target audience that you actually want. And once you understand those needs, you really understand those needs, not try to give a quick solution to everything that they say, but really just ask a questions that are not about what solutions you want, but what are your needs, what are your fears, what are your wants, what are your obstacles, what are your aspirations, what are your motives, and Besides the product itself, I mean, I can clue you into a certain area that I'm interested in. And from that, actually, that I can use to derive that data. It's just like any data that you use to measure KPIs. That data is then accumulated. And from that, I can actually derive my roadmap. I can derive my pivot. I can derive my marketing and everything because I know what their need is and then how do I actually service those needs and how that product really answers those needs. And once you do that, and once the people feel that they really are understood, and this happens also on a personal level and on a business level, then they will actually be there by your side and come to you rather than uh, you coming to them, which is actually human-centric approach in a nutshell. It's how do you not bring the product to the customers, but rather bring the customers along that journey from them to you, not leading, not put dragging them to you, but walking alongside them, putting them into the process. They're no longer end users. They are now part of the, crea the, the creative process of making your product a reality because it answers their needs. All right. I got your wisdom. Now let's talk a bit about your feelings on Stream Startup Festival. You were holding a work workshop. How did it go? Well, the workshop was actually very, very really interesting. It was uh, an hour-long workshop where we started establishing actually what's a human-centric uh, approach. And then actually one of the things that we did, which I was really giving credit to the people that took part in the workshop, they were really excited about this and they really put everything into it. And, and it's not easy because I asked them to leave the humans aside, leave the people aside, mm -hmm. and try to do a human-centric approach on animals mm -hmm. and how we take all these animals, which the only reason we took that is because um, you can't relate to experiences of an animal, but you can relate to experiences of a human, or so you think. Mm -hmm. So when I detach myself from my prejudice, mm -hmm. then I can really start to listen and look at the different um, aspects of that animal, understands and really study it without judging what the needs, fears, wants, and everything. And once you understand that, from there we practice actually how you take that and turn it into a product. How do you derive a product from there? As radical as it can be. I mean, they said the same thing about Henry Ford and the car, right? Radical idea. How the hell do you do that? I mean, how do you take the horse and carriage and dump it out? And he said this. He said, you know, if I would have asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses because people are not visionaries. But people know exactly what they need and how they feel because that's subjective. And they can talk about themselves all day long. And when you ask them that simple question, why do you feel that way or why do you need that? Why, why? They start digging within themselves and they give you really great data, which is just like any data that you collect, as we said. And from that, actually, you understand how far and how radical the idea that you do can 
can be pitched to them or can be can be relate to them because if they trust that you answer their needs now they look at your product in a, in new eyes in in eyes that say okay I'll, i'm willing to walk with you i'm willing to, to look this and test this to see if this can answer what i need and you, you see this in the iphone you see this in the car and many many other new and breakthrough products that came to the market and you see this also in products that are similar or in the same area as long as they connect to needs and people feel that they understand them better they will remain with the product for longer as far as i can understand that was quite an intense workshop and i hope that people brought something out of it because definitely they had a huge huge amount of new things to experiment with and it was thought-provoking for them what are your general feelings about stream festival i guess it's your first stream Yes, it's my first dream. Last year, I heard people that were here. They were very excited by it. And this is actually, I was excited when Alexandra approached me and said that if I would be speaking at this one. Um, it's an amazing initiative. And I think uh, if you follow what Slush has been doing, this is actually, could be anything like exactly the same thing that Slush is. So it, with more with more awareness to this uh, stream festival, I think it could uh, grow big. And I think Finland can be a hub for this uh, in the Nordics, especially. And who knows, maybe even more. All right, and now I cannot but ask this question. Uh, in your experience, what's the main difference between Finnish and Israel ecosystem? Well, there, there's many different. There are many differences between uh, the Israeli and the and the Finnish startup system, and a lot of similarities as well. There's a great drive here to want to innovate new things, and there's a lot of government support for this, which is something that isn't happening all that much uh, in Israel, but in still it's a startup ecosystem because people that are really hungry and failure um, is not an option. Now, it doesn't mean that startups don't fail. They fail a lot, but they keep coming back and, and doing more and working really rest. So I think the pace is something that's really differentiating. In Israel, the pace is very, very high. Um, work-life balance is non-existent. Uh, whether here it's, it's, uh, it's more existent. Not sure that we that in Israel we got it right, but because I think people don't live. But I do think that the the drive is a little stronger. And the second thing is actually I think that Israeli startups immediately seek uh, funding and markets outside of Israel. They never stay in Israel, or mm -hmm. rarely do. And I think Finnish startups tend to stay first of all in Finland where they feel safe, and only that. And after after they um, they done that they sort of venture out. So a lot of, I see that a lot in in the startups that I come across and the companies too. Um, this is actually why many companies that I deal with actually how do I take them globally and how do we mm -hmm. understand that the the way that certain company behaves in Finland does not mean that you can behave that way in the world. And I think another very big difference is that Israeli startups are very uh, marketing oriented from day one. And uh, the awareness of creating a brand and uh, doing that according to a human-centric approach is something that's more and more uh, relevant and VCs are demanding it. Mm -hmm. And startups are doing that. And since most of the companies go to the U.S. and there's a big trend in the U.S. to go this, the, so they try to implement it right in the beginning. Whereas I see uh, Finnish startups doing really great products. And um, I mean, they say that the Finnish ecosystem is product-driven and that's very correct, they are. But the, the upside of that is they create a very, very high level of products. So mm -hmm. if you add on top of that the correct approach to the customers and the marketing and the brand from the get-go, then you can actually receive an ecosystem that could really rise fast and uh, do whatever Israel is doing. Just Israel has a few years ahead of, uh, of being an innovative country. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's sort of also out of, we have to do it. We have to do it in order to sort of survive. So I think in that way, 
that's also a sort of a similarity between the similarity and a dissimilarity between Finland and Israel because I think the whole Finnish startup ecosystem started because of sort of survival mode that you had to do something to survive. Um, but I think now the hunger has sort of to rise and uh, stepping out of the comfort zone of the sort of the support that's giving here that's creating a really nice sort of a slow pace whereas which is fine if you want to stay here but if you're looking globally the competition does not rest mm-hmm. and this is something that uh, i think could be a little better if done and push this ecosystem so much forward right thank you very much for this extensive explanation and thank you very much for having time for this interview today it has been a long morning for you and i assume you'll proceed with more networking and mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as said, thank you. Highly appreciate it. Hope you enjoy listening to what will be released. Will be released. And, yeah, mm-hmm. hope to see you again at other events organized by Tribe Tampere Community. Thank you very well. And um, I think your initiative here is amazing. And uh, keep at it. Good job. Thanks. Thanks.